When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Has it been a while since you flipped that thermostat from heat to cool? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services before you do for an $88 AC start and check to make sure your AC is in tip-top shape. Griffith specializes in carrier, but services all brands. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today. Your local carrier expert. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. My guest this week is Carrie Gillen from the Sip and Shine podcast. We had so much fun chatting, and at the end, she actually gives me a ton of questions, um, kind of flipping the tables. We had so much fun that I actually forgot to have her plug the Sip and Shine podcast. So all of you should definitely go to iTunes and subscribe. You can also follow her on social media at Sip Shine Pod. I also wanted to make a quick plug that all of you listened to this week's episode of Pink Shade with Aaron Martin and Real Housewife of the West Side because Jess and Aaron had dinner with the Countess Luann and it was fabulous, even more fabulous than you could ever imagine. And Jess actually goes to Pilates with Luann the next day and they talk about it on their podcast and it is awesome. Definitely give it a listen. Hope everyone has a great week and that you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 61. I am here with Carrie Gillen from the Sip and Shine podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, and thank you for having me on. You're welcome. Carrie and I actually met up in person this weekend, which is pretty rare because most podcasters are either Midwest or West Coast, but Carrie and I are both in the D.C. area. I feel like we did not take, we didn't take one picture. I know. I realized that like a couple hours later because I wanted to post a photo. We were at Oz, which is Ashley and Michael's Australian themed restaurant in Arlington, Virginia, <laughs> from the Real Housewives of Potomac, which premiered this week. And we didn't get that magical moment of us meeting either. I know. <laughs> <laughs> It was it was pretty crappy weather, and uh, Ashley and Michael were not there. But the restaurant was surprisingly crowded, and the food was actually pretty good. And loud. It was pretty loud. It was really loud, but I think that's the vibe they're going for. Yeah, and the waiter was sweet but awkward. He was so awkward. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah, I'm like, can we have a straw? He's like, straw? 
<laughs> so it was really fun. We did not eat the kangaroo that is available on the menu and just got some pretty regular food. I always think it's funny that they have this Australian-themed restaurant because Australia is known for many things, but not its food. So <laughs> I find that hilarious. Oh, I know. And the the animals that are probably native to there, they had kangaroo, crocodile, camel, which I don't think camel's in Australia, is it? I have no idea. If it was imported. And then, yeah, it was all animals like that. At least there was no snake. That's oh, I, I couldn't bring myself to eat a kangaroo. It's just they're so cute. And I think we both were vegetarians. <laughs> Oh, actually thinking back, none of it. We didn't order meat. I think once I saw that on the menu, I was like, yeah, no. I had those apple, like whiskey apple fritters that was mixed in with fruit. It was pretty interesting. It was good, though. I had this delicious iced coffee where they put ice cream in the coffee and it was glorious. I was enjoying you enjoying the coffee because I, I think like, a couple times you said coffee I've ever had. I did. I felt like I was like there with you. <laughs> Every I time it. I sipped it, it was just joyous. And I felt that this opening debut of The Real Housewives of Potomac season four was also quite joyous. I was I was happy with it. What did you think? I was happy with it, too. I made a bunch of notes and I even got the taglines and everything. I'm more happier with some people than others, I would say. So who are you into this season? I love, this is my thing. I think everybody, every show, there's two elements you need to have. And sometimes the people complain about it. Is one, you need to have somebody you hate watch. That's usually the bad guy. And sometimes they have to have a good season so that you still see a little bit of humanity, you know? Yeah. Like the, I think the Lisa Vanderpump thing. I don't have a time like our Bethany, like you have to see some humanness in them sometimes, you know, to kind of make you waver. And then I think you need somebody who's a side character. You need a Robin. Like every Batman needs a Robin without the green tights. Like I don't, I do not look good in green tights. So you, so they can't have like a main storyline all the time. They got to be the one that the, that the one that is having the storyline is talking to, you know, they kind of have to know their role as like a little bit more of a side character, but at least have a little bit of color. They can't be completely flat. So Robin's definitely a side character, but who do you think is the kind of mean girl with humanity? Giselle? No, I think Giselle wants to be the main. I think she thinks, well, this cast won't be anything without me, but she doesn't show anything internal. Even when about Sherman, you got a tear when she was getting her hair washed, but she does not show anything that she does not really want to show on camera. Mm-hmm. So, but I think Karen, Karen used to get under my skin so bad, but at least she had some messiness like she had the um I don't want to say the Uncle Ben taxes because I think Giselle really hit below the belt there yeah oh man <laughs> she's she, so hit below. that was so fascinating to me that's what drew me in so I didn't watch the first two seasons of Potomac oh. yeah I got into it because one it's happening in our neighborhood yeah and two this whole tax situation was just fascinating to me that she is claiming she has no idea about her husband's business and his inability to pay millions of dollars to the government in taxes. And that was just like boggled my mind and how she held to that story the whole season. And it was just really, it's the kind of, it's a DC issue, 
right? Oh, completely. I'm like, this is so DC drama. Like, oh, so-and-so is not paying their taxes. <laughs> the only thing we were missing was, like, a politician involved. Totally. Or, like, sex. That's the only two things. Like, if he was ciphering off the money to to some sort of sex scandal. Right. But I think Michael kind of compensates for that. Uh, but I, This season, for yeah. sure. So I think Karen is the only one that, like, she was trying to be big, but then she had the personal stuff with that and her parents dying. And so she kind of was forced to show a little bit of vulnerability, you know? And she's funny. I find her hilarious. Do you think her lines are written during the interviews? I never know, but probably. So I have a question for you because I think that you are really good probably at investigative work. I just kind of got like a little bit of a sense that you, I was like, this is the girl to go to if I have questions because I always scout out where they are. Like I'll always look at the show and be like, oh, I know where they are. You know, I'm like, where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? I'm like, where in the world are they? But um, what is up with her? She called him this episode before she called him her assistant or the lawyer. This time she said her coworker. Who is this guy? I am yes. going to do a deep dive on him. I do not know yet anything about him, but I will find out. Just like how I went down a rabbit hole with Dennis Shields' LinkedIn profile, <laughs> and I, I found thought- out that he had written and produced Broadway plays, I will find out everything about this Matt character. I will do some recon work with you. I have a really yes. cute black outfit I could wear. We're going to figure out what's going on. I don't know how – I feel like Matt must have some tie to production as well to get so much airtime. Yeah. There's just something about him that just doesn't – that stands out to me. I, I just feel like there's something there. Now, we saw in the previews Katie's coming back because you said you didn't watch the first one. Right. First season. I really liked Charisse whose husband, now she was messy. She lived in this beautiful house, but her husband was living up in Jersey and wanted a divorce and he had like a girlfriend. Like it was shady stuff. So Charisse was on last season, part yes, of it. Friend of. And yeah. she was and good friends with Monique. And I also love seeing Chris Samuels, who's an NFL player, like an actual NFL player yeah. and watching him and their family. So that's really cool. I don't like her stairs, though. They remind me of, like, Nat Geo building or something. They're, like, all open with, like, the stone. I feel like I'm in a museum there. I do love her house, though. I adore it. Like, the aquarium in the kitchen is incredible. Yeah. I just felt like the interior, though, doesn't match the outside. It doesn't. It's a little too dark. The wood's a little too dark. I think they need to brighten it up. Maybe take some tips from Lisa Vanderpump's kitchen remodel. So did you read any of the gossip on Katie? No. Okay. Okay. So I really liked Katie the first season. She had three kids, very close in age. She was divorced and with her husband or whatnot. And she had a nanny there and she really wanted the ring from her boyfriend, like was really pressuring him, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a farm in Virginia, but I don't think there's a house on the farm. It's probably like property, but I don't know. Like, again, this is all like, you know, well, recently she was on her Instagram saying she had a, and I think she was in like a puddle of blood saying she had a miscarriage. Oh, I saw this. But yeah. I, and then okay. now she has not seen her kids since last fall because she's in this big custody battle. And he's saying that she's mental 
and she's said and that she's like violating like she's not getting the psyche vows and then she's making claims against him so i'm like what happened from the time when the show is over till now and again i like her like this is this is a really sad subject i'm not trying to go dark here but no. I'm, and then now with the filming like i'm just curious where she's at probably anyone who would post a photo like that is probably not in a great headspace. And I understand that people want to shine a light on miscarriages and fertility issues, but showing yourself on the like naked on a bathroom floor with blood everywhere is is not the best way to do it. Yeah, Flat I think out. It's, <laughs> maybe it's just me. But I mean, I've gone through some like emergency trauma, but my first instinct is not to whip out my phone and like, exactly. and again, if you are, if you are a fan of Bethany, this is nothing personal against her. It's just the easiest example to make, but I don't film my dog dying or like, or like, an allergic reaction. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, I just get to the hospital. I do what I got to do. Yeah. But, but I think sometimes it's like, it almost reflects like the loneliness of people or how secluded they feel or something. I think it was a cry for help. She wanted attention from I don't know who. It might be a lot of people. It might be one person in particular. But it sounds and it takes a lot, I think. I'm not a legal expert. But to have kids forcibly removed from a home and only grant custody to one parent takes a lot. So I feel like they weren't just taken for no reason. So maybe they were taken and then it was like, okay, we want to make sure you're evaluated by a psychiatrist, you know, all of those steps. And if she refuses, then, you know, she's not going to play ball. She's not going to get to see her kids. And I just think it's crazy that you wouldn't do whatever is possible to see your kids. I mean, Southern Charm starts next week and we saw all last season the hoops that Catherine had to jump through to gain access to her kids again. And I don't even necessarily think she had the biggest substance abuse problem. It was just Thomas using that as a ploy to get back at her. Oh, and I think think he has a a substance abuse problem. He, I think, has a serious substance abuse problem. I think she just abuses substances. Yeah, and she was at that age, I feel like, she had her babies really young, and I think that age or that that generation of those young, like late teens, early twenties, I feel like again, this is just my opinion. I feel like when I was that age, like weed was a big thing. Like, oh my God, they smoke weed. But now it's like Molly and the Xanax and the you know we just yeah. didn't have you know. So I just feel like she was kind of around and probably her peers like more of an experimental. Age well, we or no Shep does circle. it. <laughs> oh, yeah, for real. I, I wanted to ask you though, because I didn't, I stopped watching this last season when they went to Paris and I watched the whole Giselle Robin break off thing. I was just so disgusted by it. Yeah. So I just like, so I didn't end up watching like the very ending. What is up with Monique's tagline this year? It says, I've traded my umbrella. It's all good at the end of this rainbow. Like, I'm like, does she have some affinity with like Lucky Charms or something? Like, I didn't know what. She attacked, oh my God, now I can't remember who it was. She attacked somebody else with an umbrella. Oh, okay. That makes way more sense. It's like held the umbrella up to the other person's neck. It was Ashley or Giselle. I can't okay. remember. Probably just so much more sense because yeah. I could not. I was picturing Lucky Charms. I'm like, she doesn't look like a leprechaun. Like I could not figure it out. But she that makes also way more sense. 
posted her tagline and little vignette on Instagram and on Twitter and said that she thought she was the first housewife to be pregnant in the intro, but that's actually not true. Candy has been pregnant before in an intro. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. So just some housewives trivia. (laughs) So going into the episode, it starts with, and everyone who does not watch, I highly recommend you get into Potomac. It is, do not sleep on Potomac. They are way messier and not as clever at navigating the mess as many of the other franchises. So you see a lot more of the real stuff. Yeah, they they don't they haven't figured out yet how to produce themselves. Exactly. Overly, except Giselle, who's just super like tight. She's ridiculous. You know? So she is back with Sherman, who they had broken up, I guess, seven or eight months earlier, got back together. Her kids really like him. She bakes cookies to bring to Karen, who's recently lost both of her parents. And we saw at the reunion last year where Karen had a breakdown. It was days after her dad had died and her parents died months apart. And Giselle was the one that comforted her, even though they had been at odds all season. Like they go back really Mm -hmm. far. And that was a really touching moment. But Karen didn't really want Giselle to come by. Giselle lives really far. I don't think, I don't know as much about all the other franchises, but the Potomac ladies don't They're all so live far. in Potomac. They live so far away. One is away. like Hagertown up by Baltimore. One is in Alexandria because I, and I love, because I, I recognize where her restaurants are, the where she was going because it's, I like I go there. One is in uh, Great Falls, but where does Giselle, I feel like she's up above too, closer to Robin or like yeah. 45 minutes or something. Maybe like Petersburg. I have no idea. They're all like, it would take an hour and a half to get from one house to the other. Not including traffic. Yeah. Even more. <laughs> so I have this, I have this theory about Giselle, right? Even her name sounds like a Disney character. She reminds me of like when she was making those cookies and I love how her daughters even like, they were not surprised. Like, maybe you shouldn't have said that joke, Mom. Like, they were not surprised at her, you know, her tongue. Or They said something like, Mom, are you mean to Karen? <laughs> yeah. It's like she's the kind of person that will say something really mean and she believes it, but then she'll try to play it off like she's joking. But I feel like, because she's really gorgeous, I felt like when she was making those cookies, and I might be stretching it here, but it's just, you know, I'm in that mode. So I was like, I felt like she was like prepping the apple to bring it to, to Karen. Like, yes. And she, Oh my God. And she like gets her power from like, like her narcissism and all that and her beauty from like control. Like as long as she has a sidekick to draw their energy, like Robin, because you know, that's how she gets her power or whatnot. So I felt like she needed like, or she has to like drink the blood of like young virgins or something. Totally. You know, she just has that vibe to me. Like I would not trust the cookies, you know? I 100% agree. And she is that beautiful in real life. I saw her at the Erica Jane concert in December. Her and Karen were there. Karen ended up going backstage after the concert and Giselle ended up going back to her car 
and driving off, which was like looked like a Mini Cooper, something like oh, that. Oh, she does. She has a Mini. She has a Mini Cooper, which yeah. reminds me of like a little clown car. I'm not hating because I want one, but for all of her fabulousness, I would not pick that car out. Right. It was so funny. I was like, she drove herself to the Erica Jane concert and parked right on my street. Is this terrible? But I feel like Giselle wouldn't go backstage because she would feel like I'm not going to go fangirl. I don't fangirl for anyone. Exactly. And she left and people were like, where's Karen? And she's like, Karen off being Karen. And it's like what Karen was probably like, hey, I'm a housewife. You're a housewife. Yeah, Erica, you know. And Giselle is so narcissistic. She can't let anyone else have the spotlight. Mm -mm. Nope. So... Giselle takes off to Great Falls, which is such a trek, and decides to drop off these cookies. Karen doesn't want her to. Karen is hanging out with super sketchy Matt, who is either her coworker or her manager or Lord knows who Matt is. <laughs> we will figure this out. Um, and he does not great on like the eye or captivating. No. He's like a poser. He's like a want like a hanger on. He reminds me a little bit of John Sessa. Yeah. I hate to say this and I feel kind of bad, but first of all, I would never answer the phone if my friend called me. <laughs> like you better tell me it's an emergency and, and answer the phone because I never answer the phone. Then if I found out you were like showing up or if I heard the do- doorbell ringing, I'd probably like hit the floor and low crawl and hope that you didn't know I was home. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't just bring it on me. I have to like get emotionally and socially like in the mode to like greet somebody at the door. Do Otherwise I get that moment of panic. That Karen really had no idea that Giselle was coming. I think that they probably knew that there was some sort of production. Because right? the, the cameramen are there. They're probably like, you should answer that, you know? The body looks great, though. Oh, yeah. They all look amazing. So she ends up dropping off the cookies anyhow. Then we get all into Candace, which is something else. She's still talking about this wedding and is still super stressed about this wedding. Rumpelstiltskin or whatever, like 100 years. It's going on forever, but I'm finally interested in it because Mm -hmm. they gave us some real family drama that I felt like we could bite into. Like this is real, this is raw. And what it is is that Candace has a half-brother It turns out her parents were dating when they were in college. Her dad was unfaithful. He got somebody else pregnant, didn't know about it, and had a son. Um, Candace's mom knew that he had been unfaithful, took him back. They got married and had Candace. Later on, when they were getting divorced around that time, the mom found out that there was a son that, that the dad had. So the mom didn't even know it? No, not at the time. I don't believe so. And I don't believe the dad knew. I don't think he knew that that was his kid until a little bit later. I don't think he was like there the year of the birth. I could be wrong, but I think I did a little digging into this and that's what it was. And so Candace is now an adult and she wants to have a relationship with her half-brother. And her half-brother is not to blame for how he came into this world. And no one should be blaming this guy. And she wants to invite him to her wedding. It's her wedding. 
And her mom lost her shit. Like I have never seen a parent lose it on Housewives. I have a lot of opinions on this one. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Do you want to go first? (laughs) Well, I mean, I first of all think that Candace shouldn't be taking money from her mom. The whole issue is that her mom is controlling her through money. And so if she doesn't want any to be controlled, then she needs to cut ties with her mother financially. Full stop. I understand parents usually pay for weddings. And so that's where things get a little tricky, where it's supposed to be sort of like a gift and then you pay for your kid's wedding and whatever. But this, of all things to be upset about, is so crazy to me because her mom is a therapist. Oh, yeah. How on earth? And she's blaming Candace. And so, okay, I wrote this down. I want to be very accurate. So Candace basically says it's bullshit that you would want to invite your half-brother. You're bringing your dad's cheating and lying into this wedding. Says it's embarrassing for her family to bring this guy around. Accuses her of being disloyal. And then Candace says, you know, my brother was not a part of the line and the cheating, and you shouldn't blame him. This happened 40 years ago, and don't put it on me that people will be talking. Like, who cares? They are, everyone in your family knows what happened. This isn't new. And when she cries, her mom tells her that those crocodile tears don't mean anything. I was so shook that a mom could be so nasty to her daughter. Oh my God. The only thing that is holding me back is the money issue. Because if her mom is paying for it, then a lot of decisions can be done by her. Yes. What do you think? Okay, so first of all, for the listeners, I can't see your face. So if I cut in, it's not because I'm trying to be rude. I just can't see your face for vocal cues. So I have to say that up front. I was going to give you the disclaimer way up front, but I did it. And um, so first of all, uh, I have a couple points because I made lots of notes and I'm a mother of an 18 year old. So, and a very manipulative one and spoiled like Candace. So, and I'm not, (laughs) I'm not about to defend the mom. I'm just going to give like a little bit of a, the other side, but I think the mom is completely wrong. I'm just going to give that up front. Okay. Yeah. So I think it's interesting I see irony in the situation. Remember, I don't even know the guy's name because he's just like her accessory or like her frame, whatever her fiance's name is. Oh, also Chris, I think. Yeah, like I want to call him like Big Penis because that's all <laughs> I know him of. So, <laughs> so then he, so he had a kid he wasn't involved with. So I just see this weird irony that she wants to bring the brother that came to the oh. wedding. Yeah, and he didn't have. Like he had a kid and it was this secret and they didn't More tell them all. One, I think he had yeah. three kids, two he's involved with, one he isn't. Yeah, so I just think it's yeah. kind of this irony of like your father did it and now you're, you know, maybe different circumstances, but now your fiance did it. And then I feel like as a mom with an 18 year old, and I think Candace maybe didn't go through some of her maturity. And again, I might talk a lot of shit, but my opinion can always change by the next television show. Of course. So I'm not. Yeah. So I, people might think I'm being really harsh. So I pay for stuff for my 18 year old and I feel like when it's my money on the line, I'm like, I have a say here because I'm paying for it. 
Yeah. And so I can see why the mom is so pissed. Like, I pay your house. I'm paying this wedding. And then what's happened is their identities have become so enmeshed. She's taking it as this personal betrayal because she's she's too enmeshed in the daughter's life with the money. And then the daughter's like, this is my wedding. And then it's like, like you said, cut cut it off then. Like, be a big girl. You want all the big girl decisions, but your mom is financing your lifestyle. So she feels that she has to say too. Totally. I 100% agree with you. It's just scary to see how manipulative and nasty her mom is because now I get why Candace is so manipulative and nasty when she fights. Oh, completely. And my, like that whole crocodile's tears thing is I feel like there may have been other conversations, but they just got on camera. And let me tell you something. I had, my son had some mental health issues, right? And I, I always feel like I would sound like a broken record. But near the end, I used to be so snowed by him. I used to so... Uh, spoil him, you know, the whole thing. And you've seen, you, you talk to me one-on-one, -on -one. Mm -hmm. like, you know, I'm like super into the mom thing, but I feel like sometimes, and I just threw money at him thinking that would like fix him or yeah. by me like loving him through because service and gifts, gifts of um, gifts are my ways of love. So I thought like, oh, well, if I buy him, this will make him happy and this will make him feel better. So when he, she was saying about the crocodile tears, I'm like, this is totally some other parental conversation they had because I've called Karen out before and said, listen, you're totally just trying to manipulate right now. So I'm like, thank God I've never had a camera around in those situations because I would probably look like the crazy mom because yeah. my not being heard. <laughs> but again, I totally think she should have a relationship with her brother if she wants. And the other thing that really annoys me about her she, and again, this might be unpopular, but I feel like she plays like she's Scarlett O'Hara when she dabs her eyes when she's trying not to cry. Like, like she just has this like element about her. And I'm like, I just get really cringy because I'm like, either cry or don't cry. Don't try to play it off like you're crying. Like when she was telling the other girl that she was going to, you know, it's about what happened. Kyle Richards move, like not fully crying, not wanting to mess up your eye makeup and putting like the napkin in between your eyelids to yeah. catch the tears. Exactly. And the other thing is about that guy. I can't even think of her fiance's name, Chris. Mm -hmm. I, and again, this is going to be really, really judgy, but I don't judge my friends. So who else do I have to judge? Exactly. Reality stars. <laughs> so he reminds me because I went like where I went to school in New York of like a stoner dude in high school going to like Sublime and like yes. Cypress Hill and like Blink-182. Yes, and I'm so glad the TV's not, like, scratch and sniff because I, I remember that smell of, like, weed and the day before is, like, Heineken with, like, 7-Eleven food mixed in. And again, oh. I'm sure he's, like, really super professional, the whole deal. But he just reminds me of, like, the, like, a group of kids I went to high school with. So I feel so bad saying that. He, he was very good this episode. He came across very well. He always seems to treat Candace really well and yeah. talk her through things. She is very much a child though. She is not, has difficulty standing up for herself. She has difficulty just being on her own and living the lifestyle that she can afford. And I think it's ridiculous that she relies on her mom so much. It stunted her maturity level. And the mom thing, a lot of people are hating because she's a therapist. I went to school for psychology and history my undergrad, and all my teachers were therapists or whatever they worked in the field. And they used to say that they were like, if you ever become a therapist, you need to go to therapy at least quarterly, if not monthly, because 
a lot of people go into the psychology thinking they're going to fix themselves. They said right. that, not me. If you're no, if it's, you're, <laughs> my mom always used to say stuff like that. She was a social worker, and she's okay, like, good. some of the other social workers are like crazy because people go in trying to undo things that happened in their childhood and their past, and you have to find a way to separate. I'm so glad you made me feel better. <laughs> it's just insane to watch all of that. Now, any other kind of final thoughts on Potomac before we get into Vanderpump Rules, which was also insane? Uh, you missed the worst part of the entire episode that oh reminded me of like know. Michael and 1980s Ashley. porn. And who so wears gross. those kind of lingerie anymore? I, can't, I couldn't. I honestly like had to fast forward it. Where So Michael and Ashley, who own the restaurant Oz that we were at, did a weird blindfolding whipped cream type situation, but he is repulsive. And I, I, if he was a nicer person, I don't think I would think that, but he is not a nice man and he is not attractive and something about him is just so disgusting to me. Do you hear the comment that she made? First of all, I thought like I was waiting for the 1980s porn music to, to like cue. When she goes to him... And this is where I really realized her, like her daddy issues, where she goes, do you think I've made the changes yet? I know. It's like she's making changes to make sure that their marriage is good. And what is he doing? And trying to overcompensate because they want to show that, like prove his sexuality or whatnot, which I don't have any judgment on it, but I just know there's been so many rumors and like press about it. Yeah. They did do this really interesting thing I haven't seen happen in Housewives yet, where they flash forward just for like 30 seconds and then flash back. So they flash forward two months when he is um, charged with sexual assault of a cameraman on the Housewives, grabbing a cameraman's butt without his consent. And then it shows all the other Housewives' reactions to that, and then it goes back to their weird 1980s porn situation <laughs> so. yeah. well the other people that I'm kind of bored of and I used to like her in the first season is Robin I'm like the last three of them have been are they roommates or not and it's like this weird mashup of like three's company and friends and like how I met your mother and then se- like sex does not make a marriage and when you're saying about somebody you've known for over 20 years there's quote-unquote potential here then you got to like move on like I know I like, just you know I'm not interested in it, because not. this seems to be her only storyline is I was married to this guy we got divorced we still live together now we're sleeping together is it going to work or is it not going to work? Well, how many years does it take to figure that out? I feel voice, like you're messing up your kids by having that's them That's how I feel too. About, so glad she like, doesn't have a girl. Are, are you together or are you not together? I think it's really stressful for children when their parents split up, but then get like it. you have to figure it out on your own and then tell your kids what the status is. What, what can they expect? Because... You know, I've known someone whose parents would get back together and then split and get back together and split routinely. And it is, that is, she said, way more stressful than if they had just gotten divorced. And her voice is really flat, like Surrey or something. (laughs) (laughs) Like have a little bit of emotion sometimes. But she was really funny about, oh my God, you didn't get 11 years for grabbing some ass. I did think that was funny. 
Oh, she's got good commentary on other people, but her life is not interesting. She's also incredibly gorgeous, just like the rest of them. But I am not a fan of her hair. Oh, no. It's just weird right now with like the different color on top and then the different color on the sides. It's like bleached on top. I don't, I'm not feeling it. And that's her tagline. You know that, right? Yeah. It's like the shorter the hair, the, I don't know. Shorter my patience. Yeah. Oh, God. She's proud of it. Okay. Well, my patience was wearing thin uh, watching the Vanderpump Rules reunion because these people were screaming at each other. And I've never wanted to hear Raquel speak. But man, was I like, just let her finish a sentence. Mm -hmm. I felt like they all came across so poorly with the exception of Ariana Tom. Sandoval, Schwartz, Katie, and Stasi, and Raquel. So everyone else, I thought, like I thought Jackson, Brittany, and Lala came across, incre- across incredibly poorly. I'm just glad I can hear somebody talk about Vanderpump because none of my friends watch it for me oh, to talk really? about. Too. Yeah, I got so many opinions on this. That's why I'm just being quiet because I don't want to like jump in and, you know, like no, interrupt you. Jump I've already in. done enough. Well, I guess let's start with like the, so there was a big bomb dropped in the beginning that was not discussed, but I think will be discussed next week or the week after, which is Kristen and Carter broke up. I think it's page six says they're working on it. Well, it's it's interesting because yeah. I know she ends up being very unhappy with how the reunion went. And I'm I wonder how much of it has to do with talking about her relationship. I feel like the first couple seasons, Kristen really made the show again. Like she could be like the hate watcher or whatever you want to call it. But last season, she was really muted. And then at least yeah. this season, she had a storyline because she had I was like, they've what else? Like they've got to get rid of her last season if they you know, she wasn't even the catalyst and things. So I'm glad at least she has a storyline ex- other than just hating James. Right. You know, but uh, I don't know. Carter's not very sparkly to me. And I would be really mad if somebody was sponging off me. <laughs> I, I don't like them together. I think she's just with him because she thinks that she's too old to start over. And like reason 101 why I could never live in L.A. Because I, I would <laughs> I would be in like Shady Pines of the Golden Girls at this point. I'm so old. <laughs> I'm like close to Kristen's age, I think. I just, I'm like, come on, honey. Like, it's not worth settling. You've she got just, the rest of your life. She reminds me, like, what, how she, again, I'm being judgy. She reminds me of, like, Bambi on the ice. or oh, totally. With her limbs and, like, you know, she's like a gazelle. Just the way she, like, her body movements are and how, you know, how she walks. And I love the editing this season when she thought she was going to be, Britney's maid of honor and and I thought she was like in on the joke how she was talking but I don't think she was in on the joke no I think I know her and Britney are close but you have to think Kristen you slept with Jax he's the groom why on I mean it's already nice that she's having you be a bridesmaid but maid of honor I would never have a maid of honor that slept with my future husband ever I don't care how close you are now like it well, is, and it wasn't like they dated. You know, Carter slept with <laughs> Katie, right? Yeah, that was like a one night stand. I don't know. They've got to all have the same. If there is any STD, STDs going on, they've all got to have them. <laughs> totally. The, the, they are insane. Now, Lala, 
was interesting because everyone sort of was kind of talking in circles, but then finally said that they were not happy that Lala doesn't showcase her relationship on the show because when cameras aren't around, her fiancé Randall of the Foth Descent drama Mm -hmm. (laughs) is around and hangs out with them so it's only when cameras like show up that he scatters i have a lot of opinions on this one go for it so i think lala's drinking her own kool-aid first of all so that part and like the whole like and everybody's kissing her ass over the pj and stuff like that part for me is hard to watch compared to when she first came on and like i'm just and and it's all because she found like a rich dude and I even don't think he's worth as much. I think his company's valued maybe at a certain price and maybe that's not his personal holdings when he's, t- you know, and I think he's a gambler too. Totally. He's a huge gambler. There's yeah, so- no way. If he owed 50 Cent $1 million, there is no way he actually has the money he plays around with. And I think he is using like PJs and stuff like that as his business expense. I don't think, like I said, I think his company's valued at a certain amount, but I don't think he has personal net worth. And she's walking around there like, you know, I got the money. I got the dude. Don't get me wrong. We live in D.C. We've come into contact with people that have been with people of power or position or money or whatnot. We're in like an area that has an incredible amount of disposable wealth. But it's just a very young mentality. But I do think if I had a business enterprise or I want to be taken serious in the in the business or in the movie industry or anything like that, I would not be featured on camera. I am not your storyline. I would I would I would really, really not do that. I just but wouldn't. I, I understand why he doesn't, but he's been on other shows. He's been on Keeping Up with the Kardashians and on Flipping Out. So he's choosing just Vanderpump rules not to showcase. Now, I wish she had made a different argument other than he's too important at his job and he can't Mm -hmm. be on camera. I wish she said, you know, he has kids or whatever. I don't know. Something with his family. I think his wife would, his ex-wife would totally use that against him too. Yeah, I think she's using the 50 cent drama against him as well. Mm -hmm. I just won't put, I won't put myself out there. And she's had some run-ins with Lala too. And there is supposedly some overlap between them I just wouldn't just for that fact I mean Bethany's ex used Dennis and the show against her with drinking and all that yeah that was that's Jason Hoppy is very low I don't I don't think Randall's ex um, Amber is I think she actually cares about the girls and tries to shield them a little bit from what he does but he something's off with Randall and I don't like that she thinks he's so important I mean look at he produced Gotti One of the worst movies in the history of all movies. Was that even in the theater? It was. But it did so poorly. It like, it just bombed worse than I've ever heard of a movie bombing. Ever. It had John Travolta. Like, are you kidding me? It bombed with John Travolta? I got two questions for you. One, do you think she'd be with him if he didn't have money or if he lost all his money? I don't think she would have started dating him. No. Would she stay with him if he lost all of it? Probably no. But I I don't know. Maybe she would think he could get it again. I, I don't know. She, I feel like she's got this weird tie to him and, and it's a weird emotional thing for her. Like she lost her father. 
Do you think she would have went back to him if the dad didn't die? Or do you think she would have, if her dad was still around, she wouldn't stay with him? I think she'd be with him. She seems very into him. I don't really understand why. Well, they had broken up and then the dad died too. Oh, I didn't know that they had broken up when her dad died. They've had a few times where they were on and off. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying like when you're, she was so attached to her dad, like, and that he said, I asked your dad to your hand in marriage before he died. She is now looking for someone to take care of her. And And I'll even, I'm guilty of it in my own personal life. Like I met somebody who was like super into me. I just wasn't ready to like settle down. I was just, you know, I just wasn't in that space. And I had a very traumatic incident happen in my life um, that involved like death and like hospitals and all that. And he came in and just took care of everything. And I saw that different side of him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is somebody that's solid and secure and will take care of, you know, I'm tired of taking care of everything on my own. So I'm just, just curious. I don't know. I think she'd be with him. I mean, that also sort of sounds like a Jackson Brittany scenario where Brittany was really there for Jax when his dad died. And I think they're going to stay together for a very long time. I do not think that they will break up soon at all. No, I don't think so. I have some opinions on that. So I think, you know how that he's mad at his mom and they're not talking and he wouldn't say why. And then uh, finally he said it's because they didn't tell them how sick he was. Mm -hmm. Now, my father-in-law died of cancer, right? Up until the very last day, my mother-in-law thought that he was going to make it and was in kind of semi-denial, like, and she was very, like, kind of religious, like, you don't think the negative thing. And and I also know that they also tried to protect, like, there's six kids in the family. They're all in their grown, like, 30s, 40s, and she was still trying to shield them. So I'm just, like, comparing the situation. Your husband's sick. That is your husband. That's your life partner. You're trying to think the best that this is not going to be it. Your husband's probably telling you, uh, maybe minimizing it or saying, oh, I'll be fine. You don't want to tell you, make your husband think that he's going to get worse or he, you know, you right. want him to pull through. You don't even want to tell him. You also kind of want to semi, parents still semi want to protect their children. No, even as I mean, adults. my mom's last words were don't tell Mandy. So I think it's just, <laughs> like, so I, I mean, in I my think it's a shitty reason to be mad at her because they're all grieving and she's getting all the blame for the grief. Unless there's something I don't know about. It's just really shitty. I feel like she, I understand it. It's not just that Jack's upset that her sister seems like a very reasonable, normal human being. And she's also not speaking to the mom. So I feel like it's not just this tantrum that Jax is throwing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe it's the will or she has a boyfriend or something. But I just don't think like I wouldn't want my kids, even if they were grown, I wouldn't I wouldn't want them to worry about me. And I would I would be in denial, too, that I was going like I, like, I mean, yeah. your, your poor mother was just like protective of you to the that end, was the first, you know, and she thought she was going to make it when she was intubated. And my dad was kind of telling us what was going on, but he was super optimistic. And it wasn't until a nurse called and was like, I really think you need to come home because I said, Dad, put me on the phone with the nurse. Like I couldn't I knew I couldn't trust his sense of what was happening he hadn't slept in months and you know and and then I kind of got the real deal from the nurse so I but I feel like I don't know if this was Jax's dad's what he wanted that the kids weren't around or or whatever it is but I when you have adult children 
you have to tell them what's going on. Like there, I know there's this instinct to want to protect them, but it's worse to not have an option to say goodbye. I think that's so much worse and to not be able to have the closure to see your parent physically dead. I think that was really helpful for me to like see my mom gone, you know, and, and the idea of having that be like taken away, like, that would yeah. be so hard, and I understand, and I feel like there's a lot of other issues in Jax's family. He mentioned only once earlier in the season that his mom probably would have divorced his dad had the dad not gotten cancer. Oh, that's terrible. So it sounds like there's like other issues, yeah. and maybe she, maybe, maybe they were all closer something. with the dad, too. You know what, though? Like, my, my grandmother, I think I told you over the weekend, I was kind of thrown off for a little dry because my grandmother was in the ICU mm-hmm. when I'm when we saw each other. So it was because she, like, raised me. I, like, lived with her at times and stuff like that. But I think that even the way my grandmother is, she's, like, 98, she's still in denial that she's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's, you and know, I, I can see. I just feel like... No, I totally agree. There's got to be something. See, I can also see where... If I was with somebody and they got really sick, I think I would, and I was like planning on leaving, I think I would probably stick around too because I would feel so like, how would it look if I left? That's like the shallow reason. But also like, I need to be there for this person. I need to at least honor what we had together and get through this. Like, I'm always worried that what if I'm in a wheelchair or what if I get in a really bad accident or I get cancer? Like who will, who will be there by my side? Like I have this like inherent fear of that. But it also sounds like the mom took the dad's phone away and <gasps> was lying. Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Okay, said, maybe I'm not defending her as bad as well. Oh, I, I rewatched it a few times to like make sure I understood what he was saying. And he was like, Yeah, she took my dad's phone, went in the other room and like oh, would type terrible. would text Jax that he was taking a nap. I had as no if clue. It was the dad. See, I told you all, you, all you have to do is tell me the other side of it. And I'm, <laughs> I, I change really easily. Like, I am a complete turncoat very easily. I I do hope that at some point Jax and his mom um, get to a better place. Because I, I think too. it's a horrible situation to have estrangement. But at the same time, I can see, like, it is still really raw. And, you know. What if I, her husband it was just like Jax? Like, what if she just needs to, like, move on and they see each other and have a new relationship out of the ashes like a phoenix? I'm being really positive right now. I don't know. Who knows? I mean, I hope. But Jax, the thing is, is he's got so much anger still. And he there's a lot of anger coming, like, through the screen to us, right? Like, Lala is very angry. Jax is very angry. And they're throwing it at anyone but themselves and then Brittany is still angry over what happened with Jax but she can't take it out on him so she takes it out on James for making one rap about what Jax actually did oh my god like that's deflecting on and the thing is is the reason why James and Jax don't get along is there's so much alike exactly James is a younger version of Jax Now, my only confusion is that I've heard Jax and a few other of the cast members on in interviews say that James is a horrible person and he has done certain things that they're not allowed to talk about on camera because it would mess up the integrity of the show or something like that. So I feel like they're angry at him for something other than what we're seeing. I think so too. They're very angry. 
And I don't know if we'll ever find out what it is until their contracts are up. That reminds me of some sort of DC politics situation. That's very DC. You take out, like, you're like, I'm not going to sign your bill or I'm going to block this legislation. And it has nothing to do with the bill. It's like you pulled some shit four years ago when I was running for blah, 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 blah. It's so dumb and ridiculous. But, you know, I wish that's the only thing that upsets me because I want to see the real drama. But I don't know why we can't. They're definitely upset about something other than just James being an asshole. No, I totally think so. And I feel like this, I also feel like, you know how um, Ella VP or whatever, maybe her husband knew that the parents better because she keeps claiming like, we're not as close as what they're trying to say we were. But I feel like something like, did they know a secret of Ken's back in England? There's some just weird thing. Yeah. Same like how they knew PK too. Like, like what kind of stuff was going on in those circles? A lot of stuff. Cause they always owned nightclubs and were like out in those circles. And I forgot who it was. It might have been Jess from the Real Housewife of the West Side who thinks that they were closer with PK's wife than PK. That his makes sense. Old, older wife. Um, and that they know stuff about, you know, whatever that keeps them loyal to one another. They each have enough dirt or something like that. that and Ken an had a wild, yeah. And Ken had a wild past, by the way. Yeah. It, so Lisa was super interesting in the reunion because she was finally called out by some of the cast members for being really shady about business deals and the whole idea that you can't ask her questions. And I understand that like it takes a long time to see return on investment from a restaurant, but it sounds like Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz are not getting questions answered from her and that she is pretending to make them seem really childish for the camera when really they do a pretty good job of what they're supposed to be doing. So um, I listened to an interview and they have not received a penny What's right. her name? Um, what's her name? The blonde, the one that's with Tom. Ariana. The one, yeah, I was like about to say the one that doesn't like Tom. She was basically, I don't know if I can say this, but he's not received a dime. Yeah. And but they if said you're any, that on the show. And if you're any kind of businesswoman, and when she said that she didn't have a deal with the other investors on the other restaurant, I wanted to call bullshit because that's like business 101 with anybody. I mean, even if you did like, I've seen it where even people doing like, podcasts will have a business deal of who does what like I just I just don't when they were like pressing they wanted terms I think she just thought their names were cute they'd be kind of mascots for the restaurant I don't think she planned on giving them any kind of major role in it Uh, yeah it's it's crazy I think her and Ken are shady business people I think Mm -hmm. they're loyal only to each other and they have no loyalty to anyone else they have like this amazing connection I was gonna say but, but I think they sleep together. I don't know if the Clintons do, but they have this amazing like power couple kind of thing. And now Ken is older and he kind of builds up LVP. Like she can be the figurehead, but I think that's kind of what happened with Bill and Hillary. Again, I made a DC kind of thing because <laughs> they're both like educated. They both had their business interests, whatever. And now she is the one, you know, she went for president and all that. She's like, okay, it's my turn. I feel like he like is ride or die with her. I'm like... I, w- I wish somebody saw me through those rose-colored glasses because that's freaking amazing. 
But at the same time, no one ever, ever calls her out. And if it's not your like partner who will lovingly say, you know what? Like, I think you might have been a little off. Yeah. I, I support you and I'll publicly stand by you. But this wasn't great. And, no, I totally agree. And it's it's insane to watch them. Now, Beverly Hills this week was mm-hmm. so fun. And I just don't think we need LVP anymore. I mean, I very much love watching Lisa. I love her house. I love mm-hmm. watching her interact with the women. But as Erica Jane said, if she's not going to show up, then she's not. She's like violating her contract. She's acting like she's bigger than the show, that she's can just pick and choose what she wants to do. And I don't know. It doesn't sit so so great with me. So I used to watch Denise Richards' show. Oh, you did. Is she I did. similar? She was lovely. I loved it. It was super just – she was real, but it wasn't dark. It was just fun. And her dad was a hoot. I'm saying a hoot because he was older, and that's like what they said. <laughs> I remember getting a spray tan naked at the house and I was amazed because that's the first time I ever saw anybody get a spray tan at the house. And I think I actually tweeted before the season even started and they said like before Denise came on, I said, I would love to see Donna D'Erco and Denise Richards on Beverly Hills. And they like, uh, I think um, they like Donna D'Erco like retweeted or whatever. But this is what I think. I think Lisa can go because she overproduces. And Beverly Hills is the most least that shows behind the curtain. They are like the Wizard of Oz. They don't show behind the curtain. I think that Erica has given us everything. I think she should be a friend of. No offense. Yeah. But there's just not a lot going on there. I think they need to bring in somebody like a Donna D'Erco or something like that. Somebody who's just like kind of fresh that will show. Like be like just show something or I don't even care if it's not her, but just somebody. And I think Kim or Kathy Hilton needs to come on for Kyle. Cause yes. I think the only time she had value is when she had that going on or when she was fighting with Camille. Otherwise she doesn't have any value. Like I love seeing the lifestyle. I'll never get to live, but she doesn't have a personality on her own. Well, she also won't show the real stuff going on in her life. Like her oh. husband's lawsuits. And I know they're not able to show certain things because of like legal whatever, but there's she could mention it. She could say that she was they were being sued. You don't have to go into the details of the suit to like. She's say, doing like, lifestyles with the rich and famous. She'd even talk about her stores closing, I think, like and being yeah. sad about that. There's no vulnerability that could be, there. That could be cut. Some stuff gets cut that they really do show. She would never talk about it. She would never. She's trying she's trying to project an image of perfection and like lifestyles of the rich and famous when it's like the Beverly Hillbillies because there was times where they did not have the money. They did not. And I love that. Like that's the American dream. But we need some people on there that will just show some messy. It was it was a very good episode this week, though. It was very funny watching them go camping. I was a little over the shtick of like how they couldn't handle camping and everyone overpacked and had gazillion outfits. And then they go and it's glamping. It they have actual beds. They had furniture in the tents and even like a fan. So then there must have been electricity, which is insane. That's not camping. 
I love how they were that's like more like Coachella slash VIP party yeah. but I love how they were hating and I think Real Housewives of Orange County did a glamping trip and they were hating so bad on whoever suggested it it was literally 12 hours uh but I like I think we need to see the fun side of episodes they can't and some people complain about that but you can't have conflict and anger every episode that's not even how these franchises started that's not how they started. Right. It was funny. The conflict was really all around Camille trying to drum up conflict between Teddy and Kyle and Dorit. And Camille was being super shady when she went, um, I think it was last week, to lunch with Denise and was just saying crap about everybody. And then Denise like didn't take the bait. Um, that was really interesting, but they kind of got over stuff and were just talking about the most ridiculous subjects like happy endings after massages and how Denise tried to get her husband to get one. And Camille talked about like just really <laughs> like basically massaging um, Kelsey's prostate when they were together. Or no, no, not Kelsey, oh. not him. Sorry, a yeah. different guy when that she was dating in between Kelsey and this current guy that she's marrying. And they were just like so funny. And you, I thought it was hilarious. Do you think um, Denise Richards' husband is good arm candy? Like, do you really think that um, he's like bringing any money in? He's cute. He's not my type. He's like too muscly for me. I don't like guys that are like insanely muscly. No, I don't either. The it's other not question- my type. I like like Mauricio is like who I think yeah. is like super cute. I yeah. don't, I, but I, I can see how he's really attractive and he's attractive in how he acts with her and how calm he is all the time with her. And they seem to just really kind of be on the same page he's the sexiest man out of all the franchises i believe i love him i also think mario was really cute ramona's mario oh my gosh i really hope they get back together i do too kind of just for the fun of it why not (laughs) so i have a question for you and you can totally cut this part out because i feel like us um I'm going to say the word, but I think I'm mispronouncing it because I never, ever use it. Us Gentiles need to know. Can you please <laughs> clarify on Dorit's name? Because yes. I don't think that's well known. I like read up on things, but you and I had a very interesting conversation about her, the origin of her yeah. name. So her name, Dorit, it's an Israeli name and her parents are from Israel and her grandparents I think are Holocaust survivors that then moved to Israel had her parents her parents ended up back in the U.S. I don't think anybody I never heard of that part I'd never heard of that part she talked about it when they were in Germany last year and they went to a Holocaust um like memorial type I forgot what it was in Berlin. There were these like benches and they were like was representing how many millions of people were killed and um, she talked about the impact on her family, and Kyle talked about Mauricio's family. Um, yeah. But they definitely, I mean, Dorit and PK do not represent <laughs> Jewish people very well. So yeah. I don't like to acknowledge. <laughs> I know you and I were Jewish. talking. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah, I, was like, I was like tracing Mauricio's lines. But you know what it is, too, is that the last two seasons, I've re- relied entirely on recaps. And I get a lot of enjoyment hearing people talk about it because mm-hmm. I followed them faithfully from season one. And it's the only franchise because 
I felt like from a certain point on, they would take one little thing that they decided was going to be the whole season and they would just drag it out the entire, like Yolanda, it was the um, Munchausen thing. And then it was Pantygate. And then, you know, now it's dogs. And I feel like, because all of them are so concerned about not pulling back that curtain, that I was like, I can just read this in the recaps or hear this. And now they're doing the Beverly Hills after show. And I'm like, are they just trying to drum up like they're really trying to save this show with, with the, uh, you know, with getting their numbers up and trying to get people hooked yeah. in because it's I love the lifestyle. It, I do. Need- I, I wish they wouldn't try and self-produce so much. Like they all, it's like a game for them, what they bring up and what they don't. Two interesting observations I have. So I think that the cast of Beverly Hills thought that the public would be on their side and against Vanderpump and didn't anticipate the backlash that they're receiving online and from some viewers. Now, they are getting, like, they had a record ratings at some point this season. So, you know what? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And even if people say they're not going to tune in, they are tuning in. So there's that. But I also think that the Vanderpump crew thought that everyone would turn on James and be on their side this season, and that didn't really happen. So it's just interesting how they anticipate the public response, and if it's not what they want it to be, it's just interesting. I I have two questions for you. Yeah. One is, do you think that... LVP instead of having the dog show they're talking about that they should have a Las Vegas version of the show of Vanderpump which one do you think would be better so much better a Las Vegas version and just start Vanderpump rules over with a new crew of people and maybe like Sheena and then keep the old Vanderpump and just show them like moving to the valley and having kids and you know we can still follow them like I can walk and chew gum yeah and the other I love that comparison. <laughs> and then my other question is, do you think that a show like Vanderpump, like I listen to their interviews and they all say, we can do this until we're grandparents. Do you, don't you think they kind of always need a catalyst like James or do you think they can survive without a catalyst and it just be about they have enough drama between themselves to keep it going season after season and the fallacy that they're actually like working at a restaurant? I don't know if we can keep with the fallacy with the restaurant forever, but I do think people will watch them season after season. I don't know if they need James. I do think they need some catalyst, but that could be whoever Sheena dates next, whoever Kristen dates next. You know, there's always the opportunity to bring new people in. And I think it'd be better if it was someone... That was more organic. I know that James started because he dated Kristen and was working at Sir, but it wasn't as natural. And the Billy thing was not natural at all. That was forced. And they always they always hate on um, Sheena, but even the people on the show are like, we need a Sheena. You always need a side character. You need somebody to be that butt of the joke or whatever. Yeah. So I always feel bad that they're you know that they do that. I do too. I mean. I thought Sheena was insufferable last season with the Rob Mm -hmm. stuff. And this season, I thought it was hilarious when they did the crossover with the Bachelor thing. And I think she's learning to poke some fun at herself. And, I mean, the amount of abuse that she receives online is insane. And the fact that she still, 
holds it together and like thinks very highly of herself is fantastic. So I want that kind of self-esteem. I want well, that kind of self- confidence. Yeah, self-esteem sure. and like blinders because she really is like she's so oblivious. She's got the delusion down, Pat. She's got that like Countess Luann delusion. Like I'm a star. I'm amazing. Um, but I do think that deep down she's incredibly insecure and that's why she behaves the way she does. But she's just fascinating to watch. She really is. What do you think about, what are your thoughts about the way Katie's portrayed? Ooh, I feel like you're interviewing me now. <laughs> well, I feel like I, because you know what it is? I feel like is I'm like your... T-ball because I know you probably have a lot of thoughts and you, yeah. you're, you're no, really witty. I think so. Katie is portrayed way worse than she really is. And I think she's got this like resting, like sourpuss face. There's a Yiddish word for it. It's like ungumblizen, which is like you basically are <laughs> sourpuss. And she's got that kind of like resting face. I really feel like she gets the worst at it out of all of them. I think she's incredibly smart for keeping a close-knit group of people and not trusting everyone who comes into her vicinity because there are thirsty people out there and they want stuff from her and she is not trusting. And I think that's a good thing. I think... Tom Schwartz gets the best edit out of everyone, and oh I God. don't think he's as amazing as they make him out to be. I hope you're not offended that I'm asking you questions. No. Um, I'm loving this, but I did meet them. I met Tom Schwartz at Watch What Happens Live last year, and he's beyond charming. He's so sweet, and Katie is gorgeous, like stunning, stunning in person. So she doesn't always capture well on camera, but that girl is beautiful. And I hate that they comment on her weight. She's she's thin. It's not even I'm, like she's like, oh, she's normal. No, she's tired thin. of the weight comments against her. I, you know what I feel like with her is in the first couple seasons, she was kind of the follower of Stassi and Kristen and all that stuff. She was... And I am maybe like taken for granted a little, but she definitely was a little bit more of a follower. And now she's developed her own feelings and people don't always like it when you do that. And right. I think she has to be the responsible one so much with Tom that it becomes part of your persona because who else is going to be responsible? Right. You know, and so I do think she gets a bad edit. I do think at times she comes across a little bitchy, but to be honest with you, I would probably at that time in my life too, if I had to be the responsible one, like why does it always have to be me mm-hmm. and why am I not first or like in this situation with the friends, I've been caught between two other friends and I felt like, you know, there was stronger alphas in the group and, you know, so I can kind of understand and you just have watched her kind of grow up on camera And then you also have to kind of feel defensive because you've also are being attacked too at the same time for your physical looks. So I feel, I definitely feel for her. I just think that no one is ever as terrible as they come across or as good as they come across. I think there's a lot of nuance. And I think that, I think Kristen Doty called it empathy that the producer sizers sympathize with the men on the show and somehow edit them to look like they're not as bad as they are, even though all the facts line up with them cheating and lying and stealing. (laughs) And yet we're still sympathetic to Jax, but we can't give Katie a break for not cheating and not hurting people. It's, It's crazy in my mind. So 
I actually think Jax is a pretty crappy person and has a lot of problems because he is a crazy online. He's so aggressive. Oh, I completely agree. He's so aggressive. He has no place to put that anger. He hasn't found a way to channel the anger that he has. And until he does that, he will be miserable. I agree. And the thing is about Brittany... Don't get me wrong, she's a nice girl, but her accent is always way thicker. She always tries to like play up that like I'm an innocent country girl. I sometimes have a difficulty with codependent women. I um, be, being a, a recovering codependent myself, and then she's on the show because of him, you know. Yeah. And then every she has this halo around her, and so I kind of sometimes get a little irked with her. She maybe is a little bit of trigger for me, but again, like I said. I'm a recovering codependent myself, so I don't even... But no one's ever as good as they come across either, and that goes for her too. Like, she's portrayed as perfect, and nobody is perfect. So I try and give little leeway for how everyone is portrayed. Now, wanted to get some final thoughts from you on what you're most excited for in the coming months of Bravo. Um, I, I can't wait to see how Summer House is going to wrap up. Yes, we have. I need to start recapping Summer House because it yes. is becoming unbelievable. I totally want you to come on my show and talk about it because I feel like we've hit that midpoint with Summer House and now we're going to see kind of how everything turns out. Yes. So I'm very excited about Summer House. I am a little disappointed Vanderpump is over because I do love me some Vanderpump that's like a fail like you never you will always get something out of it watching it yeah I agree I'm curious to see how Potomac is going to play out with not so much Monique and all that but I want to see how it plays out with Ashley and Michael because they're going to actually let the scandal come out on screen so I'm curious to see how they're going to I'm really excited for that I actually think it's going to be the best of the franchises this year I think so too Well, I need to get back to you on figuring out Matt from Real Housewives of Potomac. I was about to say, I will follow up on that and we can discuss Summer House. But thank you so much for joining. This was such a joy. It was so fun to hang out at Oz, and we're going to have to do a meetup for people in the D.C. area soon. Definitely, definitely. And thank you so much for having me. It was great, and have a wonderful week. Thank you. You too. also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price Tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.